Is Ethereum under more pressure than Bitcoin and will Litecoin make a comeback? That and more in the crypto market talk this week. In today's episode, we will talk about Bitcoin, we will talk about Ethereum because there has been a very interesting report saying that Ethereum is maybe under bigger pressure than Bitcoin. We will of course talk about Litecoin and its new feature that might enable it for more privacy. And then we will also discuss Solana as well as Avalanche. But let's start with Bitcoin, of course, and here's some very interesting news happening in South Korea. The biggest bank when it comes to profit in South Korea, the KB Bank is planning to launch some crypto ETFs and futures products, especially for retail investors. Now, usually I would say this is not a big deal, but first of all, it's the biggest bank by profit. And second of all, in South Korea, where the regulations are very strict, this could be a very interesting precedent for coming crypto products. Now, the products have not been launched yet. There has been um, a committee that will look at these different products and the potential of launching these types of products. But nonetheless, I do think that the South Korean demand could really kind of bring some dynamic into the crypto market as a whole. Now, before we jump into some more specific information about the Bitcoin price, etc., we will first discuss the mining situation worldwide. This article goes into the case of where could you potentially set up your mining operation if you would become a miner today? One place, of course, geographically is North America. And in North America, you have mainly Texas. In Texas, the energy coming from wind and solar power is causing a surplus here. And that essentially means affordable energy for the crypto miners. Now, if you go a bit more north, you can also go to Canada. In Canada, the province Alberta has been quite interested in attracting crypto miners. Now, Canada, of course, is now politically in a different situation than when they first started inviting crypto miners. But again, these uh, places do offer cold climate and cheap energy. Now, if you go more south, you can, of course, go to Latin America. And there, El Salvador is trying to lure people in with the idea of this Bitcoin city and volcano mining where they can produce quite cheap energy and use that energy for Bitcoin mining as well, using the energy kind of from uh, geothermal uses such as the volcano. Now, if you go a bit more south, you can, of course, also go to Argentina. We've talked about Argentina just a couple of weeks ago where electricity prices are very cheap, but the problem still is that this is mainly meant for private people and not corporations. And if, of course, the crypto miners come in, the prices would increase as well. So whether this will be solved by a tax or whether it will still be attractive for crypto miners to um, take part in Argentina in the crypto mining, this will be quite interesting to see. Now, mining is still possible in Europe if you want to stay kind of in the geographical area of Europe. 
Of course, you could go very north to Iceland where the climate is very ideal and the electricity again is very cheap. Now, if you want to stay in a more warmer climate, you can also go to Spain. In Spain, several politicians have said that they would like to uh, bring more crypto miners into the country, of course, with the idea of kind of generating more demand or generating a bit more influx for the local economy as well. So it will be quite interesting to see whether Europe will be kind of an important crypto hub worldwide of course we've also talked about albania with a very cheap electricity prices but again mainly meant for private people and not for corporations so it will be interesting to see uh, the situation in europe how exactly it will kind of develop i do think that texas will play a very big role in the us so it will of course be very interesting to see how and whether the executive order from president biden will have any impact on the crypto mining industry now let's talk about the crypto prices in general here one report from babel finance is saying that we will see a bitcoin renaissance likely in h2 of this year now the idea of course is and we can see some other articles uh, here in a, in a few seconds that generally the crypto market is a bit unsure of course on one side you have the invasion or the potential invasion in the ukraine and on the other side you have the fed rate hikes that are expected for march now whether they will happen or not is another question but obviously people are kind of expecting this to happen now babel finance has set up a very interesting graph here showing that value stocks tend to outperform around the first rate hike so that would mean if you would expect bitcoin to perform very similarly as a value stock that the investment is actually not too bad to buy in a dip so technically if we look at the correlation we can see the correlation in the last couple of days has also been very high between stocks and bitcoin up to 0.75 in points so that essentially would mean that bitcoin could behave similarly to a value stock and if that would be the case then actually it could be quite an interesting investment going forward for the coming six months now looking at other articles we can see here again a lot of articles are saying that Bitcoin, the Bitcoin price has dropped on Friday uh, below 40,000 US dollars, mainly because of worries of an imminent Russian invasion of Ukraine and the prospect of higher US interest rates this year. Now, personally, I do think that the kind of the increase of the interest rates is already priced in. Of course, a potential invasion in the Ukraine and a war in Ukraine could be a bit of an uncertainty, but still, I'm not completely sure whether this will um, really influence the Bitcoin price a bit further going forward. Now, looking at this uh, article as well, saying that Bitcoin Thomas's crypto market plunge raised 150 billion US dollars but worst may be ahead. Now, of course, when you're media, you try to kind of publish these headlines that are gathering clicks. So either you're saying it's doomsday, everything is going down, or you're saying maybe this thing could really go like a rocket ship. You won't 
say, I don't know what's, what's going to happen, right? So in this case, of course, the price has dropped below 40,000. Of course, there are worries about an invasion in Ukraine. And of course, the Fed rate hikes are a potential kind of slowdown in the economy. But still, kind of saying that the worst is still to come, this is still a bit unclear for me, especially if we jump into the chart. I mean, in the chart, we can see very clearly the range that I've defined a couple of weeks ago seems to hold up quite nicely. It is even a tighter range right now. So between 78.6% as well as 61.8% in the Fibonacci sequence seems to be the tighter range. Now here it's where it gets really interesting. If the invasion in the Ukraine would happen, for example, this week, I could expect this to go lower, but still the Fibonacci of around um, 28,000 US dollars should hold up in my opinion. So it will be quite interesting to see whether the, this drop happens and even if it drops below 32,000 US dollars. Now, looking at Ethereum, and a very interesting report came out from Morgan Stanley, essentially looking at what is Ethereum. The cryptocurrency 201 report is looking at different parts of kind of the moving parts of Ethereum and saying that actually Ethereum is under much, much more pressure in terms of scaling when it comes to the demand versus Bitcoin. Because the idea is simple. You buy Bitcoin, you hold it, and then you keep it. So you're not actively using it to trade. Similarly, uh, in, in the case of Ethereum, Ethereum is a bit more different there because in Ethereum, for example, in the DeFi space or in the NFT space, you have the tendency to actually trade these different assets. Bitcoin is different because Bitcoin you're holding more onto. So it will be interesting to see whether Morgan Stanley is right there or whether Morgan Stanley will be a bit wrong. We will jump into the Morgan Stanley report one more time. But before we jump into the chart of Ethereum, of course, we have to discuss this topic of uh, the gas fees because the gas fees is essentially what the Morgan Stanley report is saying is putting the pressure onto Ethereum. The gas fees, obviously the transaction fees paid uh, when you do, for example, a transaction with, with a smart contract. And we can see very clearly that the total value locked in the DeFi space is heavily increasing as well in the NFT space. Now, I would say that the NFT space is actually the main driver of the gas fees these days and also the reason why there has been a reduction in gas fees because the NFT market has cooled down just a little bit. So I would expect essentially uh, as long as the NFT market is cooled down that the gas fees will stay low as well. But whether it's the NFT space or the DeFi space, nobody can say for sure. Even on-chain analytics do show kind of a different signal from time to time. But I, in my opinion, it is very much the NFT market for the moment. Now, jumping into this article, also a very interesting one. Top crypto quant fund manager thinks it's not time to buy Bitcoin or Ethereum yet, but he's eyeing three other tokens. Now, he's saying essentially that Bitcoin and Ethereum might be a bit boring compared to these other solutions. The other solutions are Avalanche, Polygon and Synapse. And in my opinion, I can definitely see this from a, let's say, more riskier standpoint. But looking at the history of the cryptos, we can see that Bitcoin and Ethereum has been here for a very long time. And that essentially means if you're not holding Bitcoin and Ethereum in your portfolio, 
you might actually miss out on the main drivers of the crypto market. Now, of course, is it as volatile as another crypto, as another altcoin that is really making its highs? Probably not. But I would still say that keeping a majority of the portfolio, and of course not financial advice, in Bitcoin and Ethereum is actually not too bad of an idea. So before we jump into the alternatives that the crypto fund manager is actually suggesting, let's have a look at the Ethereum chart. And we can see while we kept the range very tightly on Bitcoin, we have extended the range a bit more on Ethereum. And we can see that the range between 1,800 as well as 3,400 US dollars is holding quite nicely. So I would expect actually, even if an, an invasion in the Ukraine is happening, this probably might go down up until 1,800 and then bounce back. I don't see this kind of breaking for the moment because there are too many very positive drivers in the Ethereum space in general. Now talking about Ethereum alternatives, of course, we have to talk about Avalanche as well as um, one of the, let's say, most interesting Ethereum alternatives. Now, looking at this chart here, we can see that the author of this article is saying that AVAX failed to hold above resistance. And I've drawn this specifically, even if we kind of remove this to be focused on this line specifically, it's the 95 US dollar line, but it hasn't hold up. And even if it tried and it tried to reach up until 100 US dollars, it still failed and went down. So if we want to draw a range similarly as to Bitcoin and Ethereum, we can see that the the range here is between 71 US dollars and 99 US dollars. If you want to broaden the range a bit more, you can even go down to 51 US dollars and then go up up until 95. And this range seems to hold up for the moment at least. And I would think that Avalanche might hold exactly this range for the coming weeks before going for higher highs. Now talking about Litecoin, I mentioned it already. Litecoin has had a very interesting couple of weeks behind, especially because it now introduced this new privacy technology called Mimble Wimble. Now for the people being invested in the crypto space, Mimble Wimble has been a development to introduce privacy features on top of existing blockchains about two or three years ago. Now Litecoin has announced a partnership with Mimble Wimble in order to kind of bring this privacy feature into the Litecoin network, but it hasn't really done anything up until a couple of weeks ago. Now, now it looks like Litecoin might actually integrate with Mimblewimble and allow people to, if they want to keep their transactions private, they can actually use that part. But usual transactions will still be pseudonymous. Now, of course, a lot of people do think that cryptocurrencies are completely anonymous and um, they are, of course, wrong. Most are actually pseudonymous, meaning that with ex extra effort, you are actually able to see who the person or who the institution behind a transaction is. And that, of course, means that privacy cryptos such as Monero or now Litecoin with this Mimble Wimble features might be in demand, especially for people who want to keep their transactions completely private. Now, if we look at the chart, quite interesting view here, very similarly to the Cardano chart, 
which has held up the one US dollar line. It seems like the Litecoin chart has held up the 107 US dollar line for over a year now. So I would expect this floor to hold really nicely. And if you want to trade the bounce here, this might actually be quite an interesting trade because again, it might only drop a few points lower before going for the bounce. Now, of course, if the Bitcoin price goes down another 20% or so, this could be a bit of a problem. But if this kind of holds up more or less, I do think the bounce could be quite interesting. Now, jumping back into the Morgan Stanley report that we've mentioned before, one of the potential alternatives in the Morgan Stanley report are, of course, Solana. There have been some interesting happenings in the Solana ecosystem. There has been the Convergence Hackathon, and a hackathon is nothing negative. It's not a hack. It's kind of a competition for people, for developers to build something on top of existing infrastructure. And in this case, they built, built on top of the Serum decentralized exchange infrastructure, as well as Wormhole, this bridge between different kind of blockchains. And interestingly, uh, Center has actually grabbed Silver. So Center is an all-in-one Solana open platform with dApps and universal protocol for liquidity etc so quite an interesting development here because this in turn would mean that more people might potentially use Solana as their main network looking at the price of course this trend line in my opinion still in play now you could say it is invalidated but kind of that the fact that it dances around this trend line for me just shows me that this is still in play so potentially higher highs will form but uh, Solana still is fighting this reputation risk that Solana is not ready in terms of technical infrastructure when it comes to scaling and as you know Solana's scaling solution is probably the most important part together with its cheap fees in order to become really an alternative to Ethereum and other cryptos. That was it from the crypto market talk this week. Make sure to subscribe to this channel to not miss any crypto news. I will see you on the next one.